You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and the Westside Community News, and today is sort of a what-if, sort of a history lesson, sort of a butterfly effect, one of those August podcasts where we cover a lot of ground. Pretend the title is, what if the Pacers didn't trade the pick that could have netted them Michael Jordan? But that's not actually how this episode's going to go, because as you see, the title is actually how a bike accident cost the Pacers a chance at Michael Jordan, because there's a lot of history we're going to talk about on today's Locked On Pacers, including... Former Pacers head coach Slick Leonard and Jack McKinney, as well as Tom Owens, Michael Jordan, Herb Simon, Pat Riley, Donnie Walsh. We're going everywhere today. Joining me to do that, someone who wrote about this and informed me of the many ripple effects that one bike accident had on the history of the NBA and the Pacers, Derek Kramer at iPacers blog. The most frequent guest on the show by a mile, exactly two months since his last appearance. (laughs) Derek, how are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm. Uh, I feel like we're about to like dive into an episode of uh, NBA drunk history or something. <laughs> we we're going all over the place here, and I can't go for too long doing this. But I have to set the scene here because a lot of backstory is required to talk about the Pacers' opportunity lost of picking Michael Jordan. And this story starts. This Pacers story starts with the Los Angeles Lakers, who hired Jack McKinney after Jerry West was no longer their coach. My goodness, I didn't even think about Jerry West being a name in this entire saga. And Jack McKinney was the Lakers coach for uh, just over a dozen games, and the Lakers had a day off, and Jack McKinney went for a bike ride. His family uh, only had one car at the time. He was going to play tennis. And he got in a horrible biking accident. Horrible. He was in the hospital for weeks and months, and the Lakers have a season to play. They have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Michael Michael Jordan. Michael Jack. Oh, my gosh. Magic Johnson. MJ is in my notes. I shouldn't have made Magic Johnson MJ on the show notes. They had Kareem and Magic Johnson on their team. They have championship aspirations. Their season keeps rolling. Paul Westhead fills in as the Lakers head coach. They win the championship, and that becomes permanent. So Jack McKinney, recently hired, was not their coach for very long. Meanwhile, the Pacers who just had joined the NBA at this time, just wrapped up their fourth season with Slick Leonard, ABA legend. Did not do so well on the NBA side of things for the Pacers. And after four seasons, their new governor slash owner, let's go Slick Leonard, needs to hire a coach. Lo and behold, they hire Jack McKinney from the Lakers, who's only available because he got replaced after this bike accident. Derek, please continue the story so I don't just talk for three straight minutes. (laughs) So yeah, Jack McKinney and even like, he was only fired because Paul Westhead and that team won the NBA championship. Like if they lose, he might still be with the Lakers. Um, Yeah. So after he gets fired, he gets hired by the Pacers. Uh, The Lakers owner at the time, Jerry Buss was like trying to get him a job because he felt bad. Like he had to fire this guy who like put together the showtime system that they used to win the championship. Um, So the Pacers hire him. Um, and then they make the playoffs for the first time in their NBA history. Uh, but then unfortunately they lose their starting center, James Edwards in, uh, free agency. They can't afford to, can't afford to pay him a lot of the Pacers problems in their early NBA days were financially driven. Uh, it's why they didn't draft Larry Bird. It's, uh, 
why they traded away many of their star ABA players at the end. It's it's <laughs> if you look at any of the poor decisions making, a lot of them have to do with money. Um, well, but and, then, and to be clear, really quick. For those who don't know who James Edwards is, because that's not like a household name in Pacers history, he was very good in the early Pacers days. He was their best player when they finally made the playoffs. 16-8 and eight guy in four seasons with the Pacers. And the season they made the playoffs, he was even better than that. So uh, that was a big deal at the time. Carry on. Yes, good good point. Nobody knows who James Edwards is now. <laughs> but he's a key he was, player in the story. <laughs> yes. While he was good then, uh, yeah, it doesn't ring any bells uh, now. Um, so they, in order to replace that center, they decide to trade a 1984 draft pick. So three years in the future at this point for um, Tom Owens who ends up playing just one season with the team. I think he averaged uh, 10 points and five rebounds. And at the end of that season, they trade him away for a second round pick. So all in an, all in an effort to stay in the playoffs, just keep competing. Um, I think I saw one thing uh, where like McKinney's or one person claimed that McKinney was trying to kind of push for the playoffs again. So then he could get a job with a team that was, more better what was better off financially so he was not worried about the 1984 draft at least according to that that one person um so yeah i'll let you uh keep going from there tony (laughs) it's hard to to weave all this together but i promise we're getting to michael jordan so a key i think one key part of this that's important is pre getting hired by the lakers jack mckinney was an assistant coach for the portland trailblazers which matters here because that is where his connection to Tom Owens comes into play. Tom Owens played for Portland for three seasons where uh, Jack McKinney was an assistant, including the 1978-79 season where Tom Owens was very good. Tom Owens averaged 18, excuse me, 19 and 9 that season, played in all 82 games, gets Portland into the postseason that year. Right? He was very good. They had that connection. So I understand why he thought, hey, I should trade for this guy. He was really good for me a few years ago. Now that he was coming off of a season in Portland where he was not as good. Uh, he had just crossed over 31 uh, years of age and averaged just 11-6 and six that, that season before. But Jack McKinney had this prior relationship with him, which is part of why he said, okay, I will replace uh, James Edwards with this player. And so now that we've done six minutes of backstory, that is how a bike accident led to Jack McKinney coaching the Pacers and trading a pick uh, for Tom Owens. And another factor here is uh, the governor of the or runner of the Pacers uh, at the time had just let go of Dick Vertileb, who was the decision maker and GM for the Pacers, who hired McKinney. So McKinney was the coach and GM in the summer he made this trade. So a lot had to happen in a two-year span from McKinney getting hired by the Lakers through the bike accident to the Pacers to them making the playoffs and the Pacers being in financial struggles in the NBA. All this had to happen for the Pacers to make this trade where they send a first for Tom Owens. And another little key piece of trivia I would like to add before we talk about the MJ part of this and the many ripple effects, Tom Owens started his season with the Pacers pretty good. I don't want to like over talk about it because it was just, you know, like a a dozen or so games. But uh, for example, his first 14 games with the Pacers uh, Owens was averaging 15 and seven, right? Like he was good at the start and it just did not last. And the Pacers did not make the playoffs that season. So all this backstory sets the scene. Derek, tie us into Michael Jordan, please. 
so the the Pacers were bad after that. They uh, progressively just got worse after the Tom Owens trade. Um, and then the 1984 draft comes along, and the previous season the Pacers finished with the second worst record in the league. And the 1984 draft is one of the greatest of all time. Number one in that draft, Akeem Olajuwon. And then number two in that draft, which would have been the Pacers pick owned by the Blazers, they took Sam Bowie. And then number three, Michael Jordan goes to the Chicago Bulls. And you can always guess, well, where the Pacers have taken Michael Jordan. They had taken Steve Stepanovich the previous year at center at the second pick once again. And they had Herb Williams, another big man who was pretty good at the time as well. So it seems likely they probably would have leaned guard there. Um, you never and know. Clark sure. Kellogg, man. Clark Kellogg, who was sort of interior, not as interior as some of those yeah. other guys. Which I don't, his injuries, like, because he was incredible his first couple of years, but then his yeah. injuries kind of took him out pretty early on. Um, but yeah, they had a lot of bigs at the time. So it seems likely that Michael Jordan would have been the guy. Um, and then, you know, who knows? Maybe, <laughs> maybe the Pacers are the place that uh, ruled the 90s. Hey guys, one little break for a quick announcement. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of butterfly effects, admittedly, from like this guy to this thing to this thing to this thing that all had to happen to make this even a reality. But it's not impossible or even that convoluted to connect the dots and say, you know, this bike accident that Jack McKinney was in may have led to the Pacers not having a chance to select Michael Jordan. I thought you nailed it with that last point of the Indy Star included this in their what if on this as well. A lot of people have covered this more than I thought that, yeah, they had a bunch of centers on their team. Like, obviously, the reason this isn't discussed a lot more, Derek and I were discussing this before we started recording, is the pick itself ended up being Sam Bowie. Like, Michael Jordan and Hakeem Olajuwon somehow avoided that pick at two, which would have made the Pacers look horrible throughout history, trading away the pick. Sam Bowie went two. So, in history, it looks like the Pacers traded the Sam Bowie pick for Tom Owens, which is still not a good trade, but uh, it is like, yeah, yeah whatever. Uh, but they missed that chance at the Legends, which is just wild to look at in retrospect, the butterfly effect of you know everything having to happen at the exact right time with the exact right people. And this is pre-Herb Simon. This is pre-a lot of the famous decision makers for the Pacers. This is their early NBA days that were, quite frankly, pretty awful. I mean, they made the playoffs twice in their first 15, 14 seasons in the NBA. I should know that a little bit better. You know, get making it that first year with McKinney was a huge deal. The urgency was there to continue that. Their their financial state was not fantastic at that time. So a lot had to go the way it did for the Pacers to not have the pick that could have netted them, Michael Jordan. Yeah, and that's really just the it's just the first big ripple effect of this bike accident. Like we're just at the like obviously Michael Jordan is a very big tip of the iceberg, but there's a <laughs> large even just it just rippled effect throughout the NBA and uh yeah, where do you want to where do you want to go next? 
Uh, let's do a direct hit on the Pacers effect first. Shout out to Mark Monteith, who knows and has interviewed basically every Pacers historic figure at some point, several times in a lot of their cases, and knows this stuff better than anyone, has a great book about the history of the Pacers, who wrote for Pacers.com about remembering Jack McKinney and had a lot of this in his story. I, first of all, highly recommend people read that, but it has a lot of these details uh, that were kind of cutting through here, which is really important to tell the story because I didn't know this part. You know, I read the Indy Star piece. I read uh, what Derek wrote about this as well and, and several other opinion pieces about it. Um, but McKinney did, as, as Monty describes, still have a ripple effect that does land on even the Pacers as recently as two years ago, a year and a half ago. Um, so Jack McKinney hired uh, Irvine to the Pacers, uh, who was their next coach after Jack McKinney. And Irvine ends up hiring Donnie Walsh as an assistant coach, which is kind of a two-part ripple effect. But in a way, the guy McKinney hired hired Donnie Walsh as an assistant, and Donnie Walsh was with the Pacers, uh, became the GM in 1986, and was with the Pacers in a front office setting for years and years and years after that, up through about 2020. So uh, that was a positive ripple effect, hiring George Irvine, who then hires uh, Donnie Walsh, gives him 34 years of one of the best GMs in franchise history, if not the best. Yeah, I think it's it's fascinating to think about um, just like if you take away the bike accident, maybe the Pacers get Michael Jordan, but then they probably don't get Reggie Miller. So you take away like right. the guy that made everyone that's my generation love Pacers basketball, <laughs> but you get the guy that made everyone love basketball. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> made, yeah, made the NBA so as famous as it is. Yeah. So it's an, it's an interesting quandary or a thought experiment for Pacer fans. Like, are you willing to give up all those wonderful Reggie moments for – the the Michael Jordan of it all. And, and that was Donnie's big thing. Like two years into his tenure, he's like, no, I'm not picking Alford. I am picking Reggie Miller. Like that uh, that can't happen either if the ripple effects of George Irvine to Donnie Walsh don't end up happening in that way. So I didn't know that part of the story, and I appreciate Mark for including that. because Donnie Walsh did a lot for the Pacers franchise. I think everybody sort of knows that, but just as he went from – you know, leaving and coming back, like his his imprint is is massive. So, uh, would the Pacers trade his massive imprint for Michael Jordan? I don't know, but uh, you cannot talk about the Pacers' history without talking about Donnie Walsh and Reggie Miller. So, perhaps Jack McKinney did his job. He put the right people in the right places to make this happen. Uh, a ripple effect you noted it, uh, to me in a DM and in your story was actually a somewhat recent thing about Pat Riley. Yeah, so. Pat Riley at the time of the bike accident was just a broadcaster. He was just on the broadcast team, just like it's depicted in the the winning time show on HBO, which was actually, I had no idea about the bike accident. So then when it happened in the show, I just, I was like, is this real? Cause you know, you hear the only thing you hear about that show is like how everybody that's on it hates how they're portrayed. <laughs> so I had to see if that was actually the real occurrence. And of course it was. And then, so I dived into this whole butterfly effect thing. Um, but so Pat Riley's in the broadcast team with Chick Hearn and he gets brought on as an assistant by Paul Westhead. And then he takes off from there. He ends up taking over for Paul Westhead after I think two years, a year and a half, something like that. And goes on to win multiple championships with the Lakers. And then he ends up being the head coach of the Knicks who faces off with all those Pacers, Donnie Walsh teams 
of those first three series in the 90s, and then he ends up going to the Heat and puts together the Heatles. So this bike accident like led to those great 90s Pacer teams in a way, and then who knows what becomes of Pat Riley's career either. Really two of the greatest executives in like the last 30 years or however long for the NBA, Pat Riley and Donnie Walsh maybe can both thank their careers to this terrible bike accident. Yeah, coach of the year a few times with the Knicks in the times when they were beating Reggie in the playoffs, right? In the early uh, Hicks versus Knicks days, right? Like, it's it's funny to me that he also got hired because of this bike accident. Paul West said hire Sam was only the coach for two years. Wins a title, doesn't win a title, he's out. Pat Riley, this is your job, and you noted this in your story. Pat Riley even said that they kept running some of the stuff Jack McKinney implemented when he was the coach of the, the 80s Lakers, who were amazing, obviously. So another ripple effect that Pat Riley's career takes off, and then he ends up kicking the Pacers' butts with the Knicks, getting to the heat, making them a, a mainstay franchise, and then building the team that beats the next best era of Pacers basketball ever in the conference finals two different times. Too many ripple effects to count from this. And I, I, I can't believe that. How, how many of this is just a direct hit on the Pacers? Any other ripple effects you'd like to dive into here? So I think one thing that we can at least touch on is just like multiple people like think that if Jack McKinney doesn't get in that bike accident, bike accident, that he stays with the Lakers and he's the guy that wins multiple championships. Like Norm Nixon, the guy who was the starter or one of the starting guards for the Lakers at the time, like he thought like he should get more credit than he does for putting in putting in the Showtime system and all that. Pat Riley uh, has said like he thinks Jack McKinney probably would have won four or five championships with that team in the 80s if if that bike accident never happens. Um, you never know, of course, but it's it's crazy to think of all those all those things that might have happened just thanks to that. Yeah, the, I, I mean, go ahead. No, you're good. Go. Yeah, I I think that it had to be hard for the Lakers to keep going with Westhead. Like you said, like anything short of the title, I feel like you go back to the guy you initially hired, but it's hard to break up that mojo at the time. And and it kind of, Monty includes this in his story, like it kind of works out that, you mentioned this earlier, that, that but the Bus family was trying to get him hired somewhere else, but like he had other coaching options post-Lakers. The expansion Dallas Mavericks and the Pistons in Monty's story wanted to hire Jack McKinney. Like he was a, a well-regarded coach at that time from his assistant time, with Portland from that short stint he had with the Lakers. So the Pacers landing him was kind of a big deal, especially again, the Pacers were not good early in their NBA days. Like Slick Leonard's best season in his first four in the NBA was a 38 win year. McKinney immediately gets him to 44. And again, I, I forget which story this was in. This was either in the star Monty story. They play the, they play the Sixers in the first round of the playoffs that year. They finally make it. They get swept. Oh, and two. And fans went nuts. They were psyched that the Pacers were even in the postseason because for a team that had financial troubles at the time and was, again, not yet owned by the Simon family, to finally have like an NBA imprint in a meaningful season, they really wanted to grow off of that. And that's why the, the trade was made for Tom Owens. And it would have been funny if like to, to go back and really talk to fans about what they thought of the deal at the time, because I'm sure everybody, you know, when you're psyched about getting swept in the first round is like, yeah, okay, who cares about the pick? You know, we want to be good. It probably took until third year of MJ's career. And I was like, Oh crap. <laughs> we, we traded away a chance to pick that guy. Yeah. And like, like they, 
if you just look at the difference between uh, Pacers fans' reactions to getting swept in the playoffs in just in recent memory, like a coach <laughs> ends up getting coach ends up getting fired because it happened a couple years in a row, and then when Jack McKinney did it, like there was a standing ovation. I think is what the the article you're talking about said. Like, like it was it was a big deal at the time because it had been a it had been a long struggling process since they had entered the NBA. I think uh, one of the biggest ripple effects I think we haven't touched on is that because of those financial struggles and like it, they hadn't got that stable ownership with the Simons yet is it's a matter of do the Pacers even exist if they don't make the playoffs that year and try to have a, just a little modicum of success. Do they, do, are they even still around today? We Like it's, it's impossible to know because they had, they had been so just financially struggling. Like they literally had that telethon just a few years prior in order to save the franchise at all. Like they had to go on TV and beg people to get season tickets just to keep going. So that's, that's how bad they were struggling. Like it's completely possible without that Jack McKinney one season of success as coach of the year and making the playoffs that, you know, maybe there's no, there's no Donnie Walsh because there's no Pacers and then there's no Reggie and there's none of that with, with Indiana. Can you even imagine a Michael Jordan Pacers timeline? <laughs> like, like, uh, there, there's some part of these what ifs and hypothetical history lessons where I'm like, this, this is this is too far. You know, like there's nothing I can say about this that is real, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's just even just trying to picture him in a, in a blue and gold uniform is just <laughs> it's bizarre. And then I'll, like, I'll send you a picture. Uh, he played for the Washington Wizards and played in a blue and gold jersey for a few. Oh, seasons. there you go. Yes, I went to the one of those games he went uh, that he played in in Conseco in that in that uniform. Um, but yeah, it's uh, like it like it's not too much of a stretch with like the central division still being a thing. And then like, you can see those Pistons battles, like still being a major, a major cog in his story because he's just still like, he's going to see that team a ton, but yeah, you have no idea. It's, it's impossible to, to tell how, how all those things turn out. Another note that I think the Indy star included that I think is another point to bring up is they made this trade in uh, June of 1981. Why does that matter? Well, at that time, uh, Michael Jordan had not played a second of college basketball. Like, no one knew who he was yet. It's not like now when people know, like, oh, my gosh, you know, one Banyama is going to be the number one pick four years from now. <laughs> like, like, now with international scouting and social media and stuff, it all happened so fast and so quick. Like, it wasn't the same back then. I don't know and I haven't looked into what Hakeem Olajuwon's status was. But, you know, like MJ wasn't MJ. Yeah, even he got picked third for a reason. Like he still, even after college, was like, yeah, he's going to be really good, but not not Michael F. and Jordan. So that was uh, another factor here. Another part of this I want to include, the Patriots were actually for sale when they made the trade. We talked about their financial situation. They were literally for sale for $12 million for the price of uh, of – Two thirds of Miles Turner's one year salary now. You could, you could have you could have bought the Indiana Pacers uh, in 1980, which is just absolutely wild to think about. For one, for one, uh, what's a good 12 million dollar player? The Pacers for one Jeremy Lamb, you can own the Indiana Pacers. How about that? that is what was that is what the Pacers were at the time. So they wanted that stability and things like that. And also the final thing here that didn't even end up I didn't even end up talking about yet. Neither of us have said. After Owens one year with the Pacers, 
They traded him to the Pistons for a second-round pick. They traded a first for him, a crucial first that, again, Sam Bowie being picked kind of saves their butts with revisionist history. But they tra- they traded him away a year later for a second-round pick. Uh, how what a, what a terrible management, even looking back in retrospect for that. Yeah, and re- like really just like imagine any team doing this today like teams just value draft picks so much better like i think this was even before the stepping rule was instituted so like teams were just trading away draft like these are meaningless just some teams obviously that like just take these away just give me this uh center that's like kind of good for my first round pick three years from now whatever like there no nobody was putting protections on things like i don't back then so like nobody like they're just yeah yeah, take my uh, unprotected first for this uh this guy that averaged uh, had a pretty good season with with me four years ago but has only been okay since then yeah let's do it yeah her about the franchise not too much longer and obviously that has been a huge stabilizing factor for the franchise and a lot has been discussed of what herb simon is and isn't as an owner more recently especially as the pitchers have struggled but he is the longest tenured owner for a reason and bought them at a time when they needed to be purchased. And not long after his purchase, they made the playoffs for the first time, won their first playoff game. Like, he kind of stepped in when, like, we put this in perspective of saying basically Jeremy Lamb's salary. Like, they needed it. <laughs> they needed it back then. The Indianapolis News, as it was called at the time, had a lot of stories about how that the, they were obviously for sale and tons of people were, were looking to buy them before the Simons actually stepped up and did it in 1984. So, yes. There was a lot of stuff that you look back on and go, why did they do that? Why did they do this? Why did they do that? But in the end, it was all very necessary part of keeping the Pacers in Indy and having the Pacers be what they are now. Yeah, and I think I saw a lot of things like when they bought them, they like felt like it was a civic duty to like keep that team in Indiana. So like I know everybody likes to kind of shit on the, the Simons and or I guess just Herb right now, um, obviously, since the other one has passed. Um, but uh, – like, without without the Simons, there really might not be the Pacers in Indiana. Got to give I've them some try- Yeah, that is definitely true. I've been trying to find the second-round pick that the Pistons actually traded for Tom Owens because I want to know what it became and figure out that <laughs> loop on the story. But if you Google Tom Owens trade Pistons – all the articles are about Michael Jordan and the Pacers and the missed opportunity that was the revisionist history. It's very hard to find information on this. I'm glad that, again, a lot of indie history has sort of covered it because there's a, like this one from Sportscasting. The title literally is Michael Jordan owes his Chicago Bulls career to a journeyman named Tom Owens. <laughs> that I, Goog- I got that headline by Googling Tom Owens second round pick Pistons trade. Like I didn't Google the Bulls or Michael Jordan or the Pacers and I still got that title. So that just sort of shows how this story twists and turns. Did we miss any ripple effects? I feel like we went back and forth on this for quite a long time earlier in the day. No, I think uh, it all leads to Alizé Johnson signing with the San Antonio Spurs today. (laughs) All thanks to a bike accident in 1979. (laughs) We would not be communicating about this basketball team right this second without this bicycle accident in 1979. So I did not know all this. I think that I think that is potentially the most interesting part of the story for me today is that, you know, I, I know about them making the playoffs for the first time and Slick Leonard being the coach. And I knew about the Tom Owens trade, how like that it happened, that it traded away the pick. I did not know all this stuff that led up to hiring Jack McKinney, him being the decision maker that one specific 
summer, a guy that he coached before being available, like all the stuff that Donnie Walsh, I'm like, I knew none of that. And that's why I can't believe how much of a butterfly effect this was. Should we talk about Sam Bowie at all? Is that a way to close this discussion? A guy that went with the actual pick itself at the Pacers, even though we said they probably wouldn't have picked him. No, I don't. <laughs> we'll leave that to locked on Pistons. A time. I mean, th- he looked kind of promising for a second, right? He had a 15 point uh, points per game season. He was a, a, are you talking about Tom Owens now or Sam Bowie? Sam Bowie. Sam Bowie. Oh yeah. Sam Bowie, Sam Bowie was good. Like he was solid. He's just always going to be the guy who went before Michael Jordan. And so you, you can't match up to that. Unless you're a long one. Cause you know, he was actually very good still. Yeah. I mean, I did the, you know, what if they didn't trade Kawhi Leonard thing? Like if they had another one of those, or they traded away indirectly still, a little different. But if they traded away the pick that became MJ, I mean, their, their draft picks would be just viewed in like, I feel like every year if the Patriots made a draft trade, it'd be a meme that the guy they, the guy that gets picked in that spot would immediately become like the hottest name in the, in the NBA after all that. Derek, anything else on this topic? If not, thank you for the time and where can people find you and your work on this exact topic that I read a lot of before we even started recording. Yeah, so for the first time in about seven podcast appearances, I actually have uh, content on my website again. So uh, I wrote a lot during the month of July. Uh, so if you haven't checked out ipacers.com in a while, uh, there's lots of lots of material there for you. I dove into some a few history things that are fun, um, some stuff that, that Tony's talked about in the last couple weeks. So, yeah, good times for ipacers again. Little self-deprecation for me, but Derek wrote way more than me. Embarrassed me. Lapped the field in July. I was getting embarrassed <laughs> in in quantity and quality. It was very good. And one of the posts is about this exact topic. So if you want to read more about it, uh, and at the end a link to a wonderful story about the infamous Danny Granger peeking over at LeBron James pose pick. Oh, exquisite stuff over at iPacers.com. Go check it out. And Derek's on Twitter at iPacersBlog. It must follow in the Pacers sphere. Tomorrow, we'll be talking about lineups. I'm going to come up with three lineups I'm excited to see for the Pacers this coming season. I talk about the rotation, who should and shouldn't play. How about just five guys together that I think will be cool? We'll talk about that tomorrow. And the next week, we'll have a player interview for sure. And uh, it's Wednesday that you're listening, if you're still here. The schedule might be out by the time you're listening to this. The Pacers schedule might be out. Of course, breaking that down, the key parts, the big stretches, what I think their record will end up being because the schedule does play a small factor and a few wins and losses here and there. So you won't want to miss that. Thank you guys a ton for listening. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow.